Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 409. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today we got Kevin Rickstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, you know. It's all right. All right, cool. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Riders of Justice, which is out now on VOD platforms. And we'll also be going over someone watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be super helpful. Uh, just a reminder, the new Save by the 90s will be dropping this week. Not exactly sure what day yet. I'm I'm looking at maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, but I'll make an announcement on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all of that when, uh, when it's ready to drop. With that, I think we can dive straight into our review. Again, we're talking about Riders of Justice. This is directed by Anders Thomas Jensen. I have a synopsis here. Marcus, who has to go home to his teenage daughter, Matilda, when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. That's the end of the sentence. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It seems like an accident until until a mathematics geek, who was also a fellow passenger on the train... And his two colleagues show up. This stars uh-huh. Mads Mikkelsen. And it's a bit of a dark... It's a bit of a, a mashup, really. It's got a lot of a lot of genres in here. It's got some dark comedy so to it. But there's also some action, some drama in there. A little bit of everything. A little, tut, little, little sprinkle of everything in there. Got it all. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. What were your initial impressions of Riders of Justice? Uh, I didn't know anything about this movie. You suggested Riders of Justice, and I said, sure, let's do it. Sounds good. Mads Mikkelsen. I enjoy him. Um, And I was a little bit thrown off at the beginning, and through much of it, because like you said, there's a little bit of everything in here, and I couldn't quite, like, I couldn't quite pin down, like, the tone of this or what it was going for, because from the outset... Um, it kind of just feels like a lot of the movies that we've seen in, in recent years, like your nobodies taken. Yeah. All these, you know, revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Revenge thrillers. the, The dad that gets to beat people up. Dad fantasy to the extreme with Mad Mickelson. And, uh, I mean, that was I, I was kind of like, uh, all right, whatever. This is this fine. This is fine. But I actually like how this kind of subverted it and kind of like got to kind of like the heart of like why this genre is fucked up with them having to like deal with, you know, doing the therapy. grief and the. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's way more like introspective than any of those other ones where the other ones it's like, you know, you killed my wife slash daughter slash dog slash whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to get you, you know, yeah. you, you, which you, is, you ruined me. Now I'm going to ruin yeah. you. And, and, and it, it you know, rare, most of the time the, and those, that's fine. By the way, like I, I like, I like the John Wick movies. I like all those revenge movies. I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with that, but I agree what you're saying where, there is something there's a big piece missing in all of those movies. And it's sort of the mental anguish that is like 
constantly bombarding the the protagonist in these movies and it they never really explore that like they they might show a scene in one of these movies where it's like oh it shows him like breaking down in the in the shower or something where it's like oh it's getting to him it's getting to him but this movie i think the focal point of this movie is sort of that grief and that struggle and you know going through this loss this profound loss, not just for Mads Mikkelsen either. Uh, everybody, yeah. everybody in this movie is struggling in in their own, you know, with their own with their own shit. And, yeah, and, and it, I appreciated that as well. It worked really, really well for me in the sense that because you remember when we talked about nobody, and I kind of pointed out, or you know, kind of threw out there that you know that movie kind of felt like America in a way, and it was like you know, should I be into this? You know, and for some reason, like I am, like I, it, it doesn't matter how much like I try to evolve, like those movies just still work for me. And there's always that little bit in the back of my head where it's like, man, you should have moved on from this by now, Kevin. But I haven't. And I like how this movie you have the the three like geeky guys who are like the statistics and the hackers. You know, they're the ones like kind of laying it out like, hey, this is I don't think this was an accident. I think this was an assassination thing. And that's what gets Mads Mikkelsen on his, you know, his revenge course. Now, Mads Mikkelsen is he's playing it like you're John Wick. You're who knew that I would be saying this in 2021. You're Bob Odenkirk from Nobody. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he's just going straight on. He's like, okay, these are the guys. They're a biker gang. I'm killing all of them. And I like how the three guys, like, they're kind of into it because, you know, the the police aren't helping. And they're sure of it, that this is something more. And they're kind of getting involved. They don't really have a lot of friends. And they're kind of swept up in it. You know, this whole, like, Mads Mikkelsen being this, like, super soldier military guy who can just take people out. You know, they want to do the same thing. But... When that stuff actually happens, seeing their faces where they're like, ah, oh, this is fucked up. Like, what the fuck did we get yeah, ourselves yeah. into? He's actually <laughs> killing people. Like, yeah. it, it all seemed, it was like this sort of just nebulous theory. This, this is like nebulous concept to them. Like, it was all just numbers to them. Like, it was just nothing was real until they actually saw it happen. And then they're just like, okay this is more than just like statistics and probability and numbers and looking at screens and all of that. Like he literally just took someone's life right in front of my eyes and then it gets real for them. Yeah. So I'd like how that kind of undercut what was going on with Mickelson's character where he's, you know, just the macho indestructible super soldier taken down an entire gang and then these guys and everyone else is just like, oh, fucking hell. This is not good. Like, what did we unleash? We, we untapped something and we need to put it back because we can't have this guy doing what he's doing. Especially because it was like a list of like 20 some people. It was like 22 people. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and they're just thinking, okay, you're going to take out the, the top guy, right? And Nicholson's like, nah. just like, no, we're going to nah. kill everyone. <laughs> we're going to get them all. And they're like, 
I think the one one sort of caveat is that there isn't that much action going on in here comparing this to something like, you know, Taken or John Wick or any of those other ones. I think that the drum elements of it sort of are provide a counterbalance to the action and, and there's actually not too much action in this at all. There's like two sort of bigger scenes and then a couple minor things, but for the most part uh, the action is kept to a minimum. So I, I guess when you see the trailer for this, it there's a sort of an expectation set where you think that it's going to be more like a John Wick and just have some like dark comedy aspects of it to, to it. Um, and that's really not what happens. Uh, so I, I think that there's just... St- certain expectations you need to have going into this that it's it is more of a a drama than anything yeah no and i think they i think they set it up that way because of the subversion aspects of this Mm -hmm. where it kind of comes down more to like male friendship and trying to help each other right you know through through grief and loss and essentially a lot of these guys like making huge mistakes that have like wreck their lives mm-hmm. and then like supporting each other and all of that. And then you also have this, the, this, di- this uh, father daughter dynamic with Mads Mickelson trying to take care of his teenage daughter who just sees him and sees like the amount of pain that he's suffering and just wants him to get the help that he needs. But of course he's refusing it. And uh, you know, I, I don't think that he realizes that by, joining up with these three dudes that you know that that will provide the therapy that he that he needs everybody's learning from everybody life lessons oh yeah life lessons all over the place just everywhere i think my favorite was nicholas bro's character as yes he's the best he's the absolute standout (laughs) or i don't know how to pronounce his name but i thought that he was he was by far the best character. The thing about Mads, like Mads is great. He's great in everything he's in, but just the, the inherent design of this character of Marcus, he's, you know, that kind of like soft spoken, stoic man, of few words type of character. So often he would take a back seat to some of these more like jovial, more outspoken animated uh, characters in the the three guys that he uh, hooks up with and teams up with, and yeah. the, the biggest one being uh, Nicholas Bro's character, who is a never ending source of entertainment in this movie. He's he's so good. <laughs> he's so funny. He is. He is. But again, that's a, another thing with his character, where he like he he's been pushed around his entire life. You know, and it, now he's he's kind of like he's getting hooked on this this masculine juice that you know Mads Mikkelsen's given off, and like he wants that, and he wants to he wants to get revenge too, and he wants to be a badass. He's like he's making deals for weapons training, and he you know he's kind of a natural putting together the the weaponry, but like when it comes down to it, he can't you know it's. It gets realistic where he can't fucking do it. And 
Yeah, he, he just he can't. Yeah, he as much as he wants revenge on all of those who like wronged him throughout his life, he realizes that he's just not he's not a killer. He, yeah, he's not built like that. He's not he's not someone that's been you know the, you know gone through rigorous training where they kind of like desensitize you. Yeah. And just take away your your humanity. Like he's he can't he can't do that. I really, I really liked how it ended too. I was, I was concerned. I'm not going to give anything away, uh, but I was concerned with one part because <laughs> there's a particularly yeah. crazy thing that happens, and then I was just like, oh no! And then like the the, the actual end, and I was just like, yes, <laughs> that is so great. And I also love every time he gets worked up, and uh, and Otto does that like back massage thing yeah. to calm him down. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I thought that this was really funny. Um, like I said, the, the comedy, it's not like... I wouldn't call this movie a comedy, but no. the, the number of little like one-liners and jokes and quips and things, I think they, they keep everything sort of fresh and light, even though you know, a lot of times this movie does take some pretty serious turns. Um, the one... There's a really great scene between uh, the characters of, of Otto and Marcus when the two of them are sort of hashing out like they're they're getting real with each other and i thought it was a really uh it's a really sad scene but i thought that the conversation was like really good and and probably one of the most powerful moments of the of the film yeah and i like the way that they that he shot that Mm -hmm. where you know mickelson gives that that sharp sharp retort and the camera just lingers on auto yeah, and it, it, just, and just, it just stays there and stays there and stays there until he finally starts crying. Yeah, what a what a great scene. Uh, the the director Anders Thomas Jensen. This is the first movie of his that I've seen. I, I remember when Men and Chicken came out, which also stars yeah. Mads. I, I wanted to see that, but I didn't get around to it. Did you see that one? Which no, but this makes me want to see it big time because you know it's more of a pretty you know, more heavily leaning comedy and Nicholas mm-hmm. bros in that one right. as well. Yeah. And I just like, I need, I need more Nicholas bro. And, uh, the guy who what played I've, auto, Nic- yeah. Nicolaj Lee costs, I guess that probably, he's in it too. So, and it looks, it looks really bizarre. So I, I remember wanting to see it when it came out because it looked like, cause I mean that, that was like mads in a really goofy role and it's not that's not something you see too often him just being in the straight up goofball comedy which i wish there was more of that because i think he does i think he does excel at that i think so i think he does a good job of playing the the straight man in a in a comedy as well like i think that he has a good ability to like play off of other people uh, other people's wit but anyway uh yeah this director pretty much uh all of his feature films starred mads mickelson so he did like flickering lights the green butchers adam's apples all of those starred mads and then uh, men and chicken and then this this latest one riders of justice um i i don't i enjoyed it overall nothing about it like really wowed me but i think it's worth a look yeah and i think this is i really like this coming on relatively the heels of watching nobody Mm -hmm. because nobody had me kind of like questioning this genre and kind of like why i was into it and like it always seems to work and then this kind of 
goes into that a little bit enough that I was like, you know what, this is this is kind of what I was looking for. I didn't know I was looking for it, but now that it's here, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm glad that someone's finally like Decon- adding a it's like different. A, it's like a deconstruction yeah. of that genre. Yeah, and they're kind of adding that adding that wrinkle into it. I also liked, for whatever reason, I I just like the whole crew aspect of it. Any, any yeah. movie that involves any crew a team, thing. yeah, a, a team <laughs> yes. up, or you each each person has their own like specific skill that they're like really good at, and like I liked the whole I like the whole idea behind how this started, where you have this guy who is this like statistician or mathematician, I guess, and he gets fired and he ends up on the train and it plays around a lot with like coincidence and stuff like that. And, and it breaks all of that down and how he figured out that there, there was just no way that this was an accident, that this had to be, you know, uh, an assassination and like where it goes from there. I, li- I liked all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Anytime you get a crew together, and I could, I would have been perfectly fine with them just being like doing their crew stuff, mm-hmm. not murdering an entire biker gang. Just them in the barn. I love the, I love the fixation on the barn too. That's <laughs> great. The the proportions of the barn compared to the house. Uh, I love. That's just. It's such a great encapsulation of like the weird thing about men. To just be like, God damn this fucking can we talk in the barn? <laughs> like we gotta show this guy the barn. Because this barn is fucking uh, incredible. It it was a good barn. It I mean it was, was it, was it was so big. like are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like when they showed the barn, like the inside of the barn and then the outside of the barn and its relationship to the rest of the property, you're just like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like how how did you get that? It was it was like uh it was like Matt Binko's uh, garage that that his stepdad built. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like yes. A, oh yeah. Massive. It's like, he lives in this little house in Dallas town and then you go behind his house and there's this utterly massive, ridiculous multi-level garage. And it's just like how it's just, and there's not a lot of room back there, <laughs> No. but somehow he was able to fit that. It, it might be the tallest building in Dallas town. <laughs> It was, I just, I'll I'll never forget it. I just, I'll never forget being so blown away at the size of it. And just like wondering like, why, why does this exist? Why is this here? Yeah. That was the thing that I don't think I've ever gotten an answer to. What was the point of it? Yeah. (laughs) He was never in there. I I think I hung out in there more than he did. (laughs) I think I was in there once. (laughs) It felt like one of those things where it's like, you're never allowed in there. I, I remember we would hang out there and listen to DMX, uh, and I just remember listening to DMX in that garage. Oh, I'm just gonna give it to you. It's tiniest fucking yard. Yeah. Yep. I remember I had that like little massive. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, that was like a total inside joke that I'll completely cut out. But no, you can't. You got to keep the map bingo because <laughs> that that too for listeners. We grew up with a guy named Binko. Yeah. Come on. Yep. Fucking kidding me? You thought you thought Rakestraw was a unique name. I don't think I've ever seen another person with the name Binko. No. No, nah, me neither. Alright, let's go ahead and give Riders of Justice a score. I'm sitting at like a like a seven and a half on this one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go like six and a half, seven. Alright, there you have it. 
This is out now on VOD platforms, so check it out. All right, let's talk about some of what we've been watching. Kevin, I believe you are up first this week. Ooh, am I? Well, pretty easy. Easy enough. I didn't watch anything else at all. <laughs> no movies. All right. Well, I'm, in, I'm in that. I'm in that rut again, where I just I can't. I can't do it. There's been several days, several nights, where I'm like, I'm gonna watch a movie, you know. And you sit down, and you do that that ritual of trying to find one, and after about 15 minutes, I'm just like, well, fuck it, it's time to go to bed. Yeah, I think the trick is that you need to know what you want to watch, like going into yeah. it. Like you have and to just, you have to have your watch list and just just pick something off of there. And I think that's the thing is that I'm still my mind is still like really fucked up from all of this where like I just I don't know. Like I have no idea what I want. No, I feel you. I, I have time. Yeah, I have weeks like that too. Like I've recently been starting to watch more stuff, but yeah, it's it's definitely different. Well, at any rate, uh, after we got done recording last week, I went to the movies and saw Army of the Dead. Uh, now, anybody can see this movie. It's on Netflix now. So this is the new Zack Snyder one. It's a uh, action zombie movie. It features Dave Bautista and a really great crew of people. It's sort of like a heist movie in a way. It's it's. Uh, I would compare it to like Aliens, like the movie Aliens meets a heist movie, where... Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Batista and his crew go into Las Vegas, which has been quarantined and it's overrun with zombies and they are setting out to steal money out of a vault and they're going to be getting like, I don't know what it was like $55 million or $100 million or some sh- a ridiculous number. And, uh, you know, it, it has its moments. There are certainly fun moments in this. I think Dave Batista is great. For, I think that Dave Batista is the best wrestler turned actor that we have. I think he's better than The Rock. I think he's incredible. Like I just I want I, I want Dave Batista in everything. I thoroughly enjoy him. Like he's such a like welcoming presence to me. Like I don't there's there's like a warmth. I agree. Him. I 100% agree. And and you feel that like you feel that kind of radiating warmth off of this movie even though he's like this like badass soldier dude he's just awesome in it and i think it's almost worth it just to see him kick a lot of zombie ass uh the other the other highlight is tignataro who um i'm i'm sure a lot of you already know that uh originally that role was going to be played by chris delia or however the fuck you say his name Mm -hmm. and it then that that whole big thing came out about him and they redid hit that entire role with Tignataro. So they reshot everything and then basically stitched in Tignataro and holy cow, is this movie better for it? She is incredible. Uh, she's so funny and you can't tell at all that it's been like stitched together. Like it all feels incredibly natural. Like I knew like, so it was sort of one of those like, subconscious things where I was kind of like looking for it as I was watching the movie and I, I couldn't tell at all. So they did a really good job with that. Um, and the rest, but the rest of it is, is very average. It's ridiculously long. It's 148 minutes long. So it's over two and a half hours. 
maybe that's not as big of a deal if you're watching it at home on Netflix, but in a theater, I was just feeling that length. And it's just, there's, there's some things are so over explained and bloated that you're just like, why, why does this exist? And then there are some things, especially with what happens at the end that you're like, what about this? Like, where's this person? Like what happened here? And there's like big plot holes that, that, that come up. So it's at the end of the day, it's, it's not very good there. You know, it's entertaining for the most part, but uh, I, I can't really recommend it. Unfortunately. Yeah. The, like, I kind of want to watch this, but I think that runtime is just like, I mean, the cool thing I about watching it on Netflix is you can break it up if you want, you know, you don't, you don't have to do it yeah. all in one shot. But I have a feeling like that if it doesn't hook me enough, which I have a feeling it's probably not going to, the first time that I stop it, I'm not going to come back. I to think it. that the, I mean, I, I don't know if the if it will hook you or not, but I will say that I think that the the good stuff is towards the beginning. I think that it it definitely, at least for me, my interest level fell off as it progressed. Is it is the good stuff getting the team together? Yes. Yes, exactly. It's always getting the team together. <laughs> the good stuff is 100% getting the team together because there is a lot of that. And there's like a big preamble that's the, that kind of sets up the world where you do see, like you see the team in action back, you know, during the outbreak and stuff. So you get to see some fun stuff. It's, I don't know. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Um, all right. I saw Seance. This is the uh, new one. Directed by Simon Barrett, who uh, you probably know uh, mainly as a writer. He wrote um, The Guest, and he wrote uh, uh, You're Next. He's a big uh, Adam Wingard collaborator. In fact, most of Wingard's movies, uh, Simon Barrett wrote. This is his uh, directorial debut, and it's pretty average. Um, it, it's got some fun elements to it, but... At the end of the day, it is a uh, fairly banal slasher slash supernatural movie. Uh, Sookie mm-hmm. Waterhouse stars in it, and she's great as always. She plays a really strong lead, and she kicks she kicks some ass. So I was happy to see that. But overall, it's um, fairly average, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Threads from 1984. This is directed by Mick Jackson. Ooh. Yeah, this is a shutter. I want to see this. Uh, this is a, it's an incredible film. It's a TV movie actually, but uh, it is maybe the most horrifying movie on shutter because it's shot like a documentary, but it's about what would happen if, uh, if, if the UK was involved in a nuclear war, basically. So, the premise is the U.S. and Russia go to war, and they both launch nukes at each other. And because the U.K. is sort of stuck in the middle, a whole bunch of bombs end up just falling on uh, England. And it just follows these uh, separate people as they try to survive after this nuclear fallout. And it is, uh, it's rough, man. It is, uh, just, it's so brutal. 
it's it tries to be very realistic i think and although i haven't done you know a ton of research about what it would look like and what would happen to the people uh it seems fairly accurate to me and it's just it's just horrible just absolutely horrendous what happens to these people so i recommend it it's it's a good movie it definitely needs a remaster the quality is very bad uh i somebody needs to fix this fix this up i don't know if like they have the original negative somewhere or what but it definitely needs a remaster but it's still worth a look and again it's on shutter so you can check it out in there uh, the last one I'll mention is also one that's on Shutter. This is called Time Lapse. Came out in 2014. Directed by Bradley King. Uh, I was I don't know why I watched this. I was just kind of in the mood for uh, like a sci-fi type <laughs> thing. It's funny because as you're saying that, I just pulled it up and I see the poster. And my first immediate question in my mind is, why the fuck did you watch this? Well, to be clear, I don't think I saw the poster. If you saw the poster. No, I don't, I don't think that I would watch it if I saw the poster. <laughs> At any rate, whatever. I saw it. I, I watched <laughs> the fucking movie. It, uh, it's about these three friends who they sort of, they're sort of like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not caretakers. I guess you could say caretakers of this uh, like apartment complex. And uh, like groundskeepers, like maintenance workers, like they they basically okay. f- fix things up, handyman. Like uh, anyway, they discover that one of the tenants has died under some very mysterious causes, but he left behind this giant camera device in his apartment that they figured out actually takes pictures. 24 hours in advance so basically what it does is like every day at a a specific time it'll snap a photo so naturally what they do is they um you know put the winners of like a dog race in the window because the the camera is pointed towards their apartment where they live and uh you know, they, they start making money and they start doing all this stuff and it, it kind of escalates from there and it, it turns into, you know, a, a bad situation and, you know, there's a whole like greed and jealousy and betrayal and violence and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's all pretty standard time travel stuff. Kind of a cool concept. Not sure it needed an entire feature length movie. And then the, I think the big problem is like the three main characters were just... The, the actions that they took were illogical and they didn't seem like friends at all. Like the things that they did to each other, like I'm, I just don't believe that friends and, and two of them were dating like long-term boyfriend and girlfriend. I just don't think that they would do that to each other like in real life. So I don't know. It's just, it's not very good. <laughs> I would skip it probably. It, it, it started off kind of cool, but it, uh, yeah, it didn't stick to landing. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. That's right. Bringing it back. It's happening. Watch out. Going to start adding theaters to this. It's going to be a slow trickle at first, and then it's going to be a, a giant pour. They're going to start just pouring out. 
fucking I, deluge. I, I know it. I know it. At any rate, the only one is uh, A Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah, which is... I think this is for a lot of people. This was the movie that like me and my wife were planning to go to. Yeah. This and is then the everything one. shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, this is, this is, it's, it's odd that, you know, that this is going to be like usher in the return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember that this, I think that this was the first one that got, that they were like, yeah, we're not going to release this in theaters. And then they just took it off the calendar. I, I remember cause it, I, I think they pushed it back by yeah. like a month or something. And then they very, just, very quickly like, thereafter, oh. they were like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is like way more serious than we, than we expected. So yeah, I just, I love how everyone was just like pushed it, pushing things back like a month. Like, oh, we'll just, we'll just get over this peak real quick. This initial peak of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, little, little, little <laughs> could we have all known <laughs> it was going to be a year plus long struggle. Oh God, what a nightmare. At any rate, uh, I'm excited to see this. I mean, I, the, the the excitement has certainly died down over the last almost year and a half. But uh, I think that uh, it's it still looks like it's going to be a good time in the theater. So I'll, yeah, yeah. It, 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 this looks like one of those things that's it's going to end up doing really well. I think. Oh yeah. Just because I think it's enough to get people out, and everything's starting to look relatively good. Yeah, and it's a theater movie too. Like it, you know. I saw Spiral last week and Army of the Dead and and those while I think that they are enhanced in a theater environment I don't think that they're like you got to see it in the on the big screen. Yeah. Uh all right, on VOD this week we have Vampires Are Real. This is a high school. You know, there's there's an image that they have here and I'm pretty sure it's like a stock image there. Anyway, only a vampire can save their friendship. It's a coming of age thing. It looks pretty bad. We got Ghost Lab coming out on the 26th. This is on Netflix. A research experiment about the afterlife goes awry when Gla and we, two medical doctor buddies, see a ghost with their own eyes for the first time. Uh, we have Baggio the Divine Ponytail. This is coming out on Netflix also. It's about a. The Divine Ponytail. The Divine Ponytail is the. the yeah. A chronicle of the 22-year career of soccer star Roberto Baggio, including his difficult debut as a player and his deep rifts with some of his coaches. And there you are. On the 27th, we have Blue Miracle. That's also going to be on Netflix. Uh, on the 28th, we have American Traitor, The Trial of Axis Sally. It's a uh, World War II drama, courtroom drama with Al Pacino. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, we also have Fun House. This is a horror movie. And we have Welcome, Matt. This is a romantic comedy from the looks of it. We have Dog Gone Trouble. That's going to be on Netflix. It's an animated movie. And then Swimming Out Till the Sea Turns Blue. Oh, Yeah. This is from uh, the director of Ash is the Purest White, which I know that you are are big ups on that one. Oh, boy. This is a documentary, however. But with him, is it? He likes to blur those lines. Blur blur, blur them up. Hybrids. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? The world is a gray area. That's right. 
on Blu-ray this week, we got Django plus Texas Adios, which is going to be on Arrow. It's like a double pack. Got the final countdown from 1980 coming out on 4K. That's a blue underground. Yeah. We have Explorers from 1985. That's going to be a collector's edition coming out on Shout Factory. Got Smile from 1975. The Saint from 1997. Man, remember what? The Saint? Val Kilmer? Man, I <laughs> fucking loved that movie. So did I. So much. So did I, but I, I, I kind of forgot all about it. I'm going to have to revisit The Saint. Uh, Nightmare Alley from 1947. A Night at the Roxbury from 1998. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you listen to uh, last month's Saved by the 90s, we talk about Night at the Roxbury. Got Super 8 coming out on 4K. Got City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold from 1994. That's coming out on Shout Factory also. I love what Shout... I, lo- I, like, I really like the Shout Factory, uh, the Shout Selects series. I think that they pick... Uh, they, they pick really good... Good ones, like they're the one they they did like the Burbs and Wizard and they they got a lot of they got a really good lineup there. I think they did Little Monsters too. Can't remember. I uh, got the Birds coming out on 4K. Got the Last Castle from 2001. Um, the Hand from 1981. The Tuxedo from 2002. That's the Jackie Chan one. Uh, Psycho is coming out on 4K. Looks like a, several Hitchcock movies. Terror Express from 1980. Psycho is also coming out. 12 Monkeys. Uh, Love After Death from 1968. That's going to be an AGFA release. Uh, Revenge of the Bushido Blade from 1980. It looks like it could be a... Yeah, no, actually, I don't know who's putting this out. It says Dark Force Entertainment. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, starring Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Chaos Walking from this year, I guess. What is this? Chaos Walking? Sounds familiar. Uh, Honky Tonk Freeway from 1981. Don't Look Now from 1973. It's getting a new Blu-ray release. Definitely recommend that one. Some some classic Donald Sutherland. Uh, Deliver Us from Evil. There's there's a ton. What what is going on here? Heavy Trip from 2018. Um, Happily from earlier this year. Uh, That that seems to be all the all the big ones. What about Criterion's? Uh, You already mentioned it. That's Nightmare Alley from 1947. Getting a Criterion, which I don't remember this being announced. But reading up on this bad boy. Uh, I want to see this real bad. Uh, Traveling Carnival, right? That already has my interest piqued. And it's described as one of the most haunting and perverse film noirs of 1940. Come on now. Well, yeah, sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up, man. Sign me up. But I also want to come back to Revenge of the Bushido Blade because it's also called The Last Reunion. And it's currently on Tubi. You can watch it on Tubi. This has Philip Baker Hall in it, and it sounds pretty damn good. Psycho Soldiers killed his parents. Now he's martial martial arts trained, master of the blade, and ready to pay them back. So apparently the, these American soldiers come back to have a reunion, and this guy decides to kill all of them 33 years later. Huh. Interesting. Sounds pretty damn good. Did Philip Baker Hall in there back in 1980? Um, Count me in. Yeah. Tubi. Tubi. Tubi got it. 
check it out. I just watched something recently on Tubi. What was it? Uh, it was something for Saved by the 90s I watched on Tubi. And it wasn't an awful experience. I, I, what was it? Oh, you know what it was? It was, it was uh, Deep Blue Sea. That's what there I watched. Go. Tubi, got it all. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be extremely helpful. For Kevin Oakstrom, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.